The Apartment Rebellion will not be televised. Resident experience will be more than a buzzword. Staff experience will finally matter. It's happening right now. It's in the hands of the doers, the innovators, the boundary pushers, who are moving the industry forward, just like the people on this show. This is the Apartment Rebels podcast, hosted by Flamingo CEO Jude Chi. Welcome, friends of the rebellion, and may the force be with you. Um, so welcome to the latest episode of uh, Flamingo's Apartment Rebels podcast. So today's rebel is Andre Sanchez, the COO at Rentley. Uh, so welcome, Andre. Thank you. Yeah. So happy to be here, and thanks for uh, inviting us. Oh, really perfect. appreciate it. Uh, not a problem. Yeah. So we already spoke a lot already off offline about all the awesome things you guys are doing. Right, right. Yeah. So for those that don't know what Rently is, can you give a quick overview of what you guys do? Yeah. And how you work with yeah. operators in the industry. Yeah, happy to. Um, and, and thanks again for having us. Uh, Flamingo, great company. You can't ignore that branding, folks. That is a beautiful, bright. <laughs> it's pop all about standing out. It's all about standing out. Yeah. No, um, yeah, Rentley, we've been around for about 10 years now. Um, and we provide self added touring and, and smart home technology. Um, so the way we sort of frame it is we, we pull all three NOI levers. We reduce operating expenses with self touring. We increase top line revenue with smart home. And we add additional value with some of our ancillary services like. Um, syndicating uh, listings out uh, to the market. So that's sort of what we do in a nutshell. Um, I love how you frame that. <laughs> you are definitely a salesperson. You got to get that elevator pitch, no, you know, you yeah. go too long, you lose people. But yeah, um, but yeah it's, it's probably about our fifth departmentalized and our fifth NMHC. We've been around in multifamily for yeah. about five years now, uh, but we've been in the industry since 2011. So. Yeah. I love 10th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, you mentioned something interesting earlier, which is that it takes about 10 years for the end of about five years yeah. for your name to make it into the industry. Yeah. So can you talk about like the first five years and what the oh, like yeah. and what you guys did to get to that point where oh, we're sure. like, no. You're going to get some exclusive info, oh, guys. Here, Jude. <laughs> That's uh, the whole thing. That's the whole thing, right? So I think our first op tech was about five years ago and I actually went to a talk where someone mentioned it takes about five years to build your brand and multifamily just because um, people need to trust you. And it obviously that takes time. And, and I will never forget our, our first NMHC. There was literally, it was me and our co-founder Merrick. Yeah. We walked around the show. We didn't have a booth at that yeah. time because we registered too late. And we're literally trying to meet people without a booth, which yeah. is so yeah. tough. Like, yeah. and, you know, knowing that you're big in single family, but not in multifamily was a real struggle. Because those industries are very separate, but you know, we can't. I, I remember that. Uh, I don't know if it was Doug Bibby or who gave me that advice, or if we mentioned that in the talk. But we kept coming and we kept coming, and surely enough, you know, we started to get a smaller booth and then a bigger booth, and then and and now you know we're right at the front with a, a large booth, the, one of the bigger booths, one of the bigger booths. So I mean, I think a lot of that comes from the hard work and just perseverance. You know, yeah. you, you gotta keep, you gotta keep faithful to what you're selling. And, yeah. and at the time you were selling self-fatted tours, which, you know, six years, Everyone years ago, like, what no is one, this? No one knew what it was. They're like, why would I do that? I have a leasing office. And oh. of course now I, I don't go to a talk where it's not mentioned. Yeah. COVID accelerated it. So, you know, I, the, the best advice I can give to anyone who is their first or second show, like keep, keep at it, you know, keep making those connections. And, and if you're really passionate about what you do, you're solving a problem, everything will fall to their life. Yeah. 
So for what you all do, so the self-guided tools, like yep. right now, it seems like a no-brainer, especially right. after the pandemic. Yeah. So uh, six, seven years ago, when you guys yep. first came into the market, or 10 years ago, when you guys yep. first came into the market, what were those conversations like when you would say, hey, we no. can help you expand your leasing team in some way by right. letting people self-service? Because in my mind, when I think about it, it's similar to a bank. Yeah. where most times they are leasing offices are open from like 9 to 5 p.m. Yep. And I'm a working adult. Right. And most people that can pay their rent are yep. also working adults. Yep. So to me, it would be a no-brainer. Right. So were those early conversations like, hey, this makes sense. Let's, let's go for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would think they would yeah. be. Uh, no, I think that... Pre-pandemic, the value proposition was really about exactly what you said. It was really about extending the leasing office hours because, again, you, you've hit the nail right on the head, right? A leasing office is typically open, you know, Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. And, um, you know, maybe it's open on Saturdays and Sundays. So what our value proposition was really looking at the data that we had seen from being in the business at that point, you know, five years ago, we're in five years, we had a lot of analytics, you know, we knew that a lot of renters were coming in on Sundays. And I remember in a lot of our pitch decks early on, it wasn't about, it wasn't about doing obviously contactless touring because COVID hadn't happened yet. It was really about extending those leasing office hours and reducing the cost. And you, we would show this heat map. And I remember it was basically the inverse of when a leasing office was yeah. open. It's like not, working not, adults, right. not able to go there in the hours. Exactly. Yeah. So you would see Sunday afternoon was just bright red, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, everything else was sort of yellow. And, and, you know, that was sort of how we positioned it. And then, of course, you know, once, once COVID hit, people wanted to go completely contactless. Yeah. And, uh, and that really accelerated the growth. Um, and, and interestingly enough, I, I'd become chief operating officer like a month before. Yeah. So that was a huge challenge. Like a for, month before COVID. A month before COVID. Uh, right. It was February 2021. I, and, and now we had had this massive thing happen. And it was just, it was, it, it was a really tough time, obviously, for everybody. But, yeah. But having that sort of, it was a weird dynamic because you had this basic crisis happening. Yeah. And then you had this huge acceleration of product adoption. Yeah. And it was, it was just kind of odd. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of how the pitch changed. It was, hey, let's, let's, let's extend a lot of the hours. Your... Let's extend the hours. Yeah. Let's, let's give your agents more of a tool. Um, and now it's kind of coming back around to that, right? Yeah. Now that COVID restrictions are lifting. So we're happy to see that. So taking a little bit of a step back, I know you, I think you started your career at Apple as a business sales executive. And yeah. then you moved before moving in onto Rentley as yeah. an account executive and yeah. kind of work your way up. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about your time at Apple and then how that translated into... I, you I have his research, yeah. everyone. <laughs> oh man, you were looking. You, you, you did have, your research. <laughs> Smart guy. And I have like a long-hated yeah. relationship with Apple. Sure, because me too. Really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only yeah. one. It's yeah. like brilliant company. They understand you yeah. experience. They understand everything. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about your time at Apple yeah. and how you ended up at Rentley and in the yeah. multifamily industry? Yeah. I, I think there's this common theme I find out is that everyone kind of falls into this industry by total accident. And I'm definitely no exception. Um, so my background is in a field completely unrelated. It's um, 
I actually got my background in, uh, I used to be a lab researcher, believe oh, wow. it or not. And, um, and the financial crisis hit, like I thought the lab was pretty boring. Yeah. You know, though I, I thought it was really interesting, this whole business world. I didn't understand in 2009, you know, the, the, the real estate sector totally collapsed. And so I went back to school and I came out of school and, and, uh, I got the opportunity to work at Apple and, um, that is probably my most memorable, one of my most memorable career transitions because it opened my eyes to the fact that you don't have to be an engineer to be in technology. <laughs> I always kind of conditioned myself to believe that like, oh, I always loved high tech, but hey, you have to be an engineer. Um, and so Apple really opened my eyes to that. I think the things that I took away from Apple were um, really having collaborative culture. I mean, that's one thing they do really well yeah. is that they, they really have that solid company culture, whether you like them or you don't. Really? Um, they really treat their employees well. Uh, and we try to carry over that to Rentley too. Like, yeah. you know, we, we want to bring that culture to Rentley. So I think that was important for me to understand. Um, I think it was also important. Um, what I learned at Apple and what I've really learned at Rentley too is yeah. agility in tech. You have to be totally agile. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I learned at Apple too is even despite them being a large company, um, they're, they're quite agile. Yeah. Um, and so we bring that to Redley too. We always try to instill that spirit. I know our founders do and our team members do is we're very agile, yeah. which can be stressful at times, but it yeah. also helps you develop things and, and really pay attention to your audience. And I guess. So people that, get a better understanding. Yeah. When you say agile, can you kind of give some examples for how like Apple would do it? Yeah. And how some of the things you guys have done at Redley, that's just really shown how agile yeah. you guys are. No, I'd be happy to. Um, yeah, I think. I remember just this one example. It's it's not a huge example that's game changer or anything, but it just shows you how quickly they they listen to their employees and their user base. Was there was a time at Apple they had this series. I don't know if anyone remembers it, but there was a guy on a plane. It was a genius, and he was giving people advice on their computers. And it came. It was just like a really. It was not a well accepted ad campaign. Yeah, put it that way, especially internally, people internally did not really resonate with the ad campaign. And within a week, they totally strapped it. I mean, that, which is a big, for a big company like Apple to yeah. do that is like really quick. And yeah. so they'd listen to their users, they'd listen to their, to their employees and they, they really changed very quickly. And again, we, we really, really try, not that we're trying to be Apple, we're, 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 we're Rentley, yeah. but we bring some of those pieces to, to Rentley. So like an example would be, um, how we moved into multifamily. We, we actually did it quite MVP in the beginning. We, we really had just a basic feature set when we were starting in multifamily. COVID hit, we had to build fast. And so we were really taking user feedback really seriously. We had a lot of product people, a lot of client success people, yeah. a lot of engineers, a lot of salespeople working 12, 14, 16 hour yeah. days because there was a lot of stuff that had to be done. We had to do guest card integrations. We had to do integrations. We had to do... Um, feature development, data dashboards. And so that is an example. We, we, and we built that stuff really quickly. We wow. had operators who told us like, I, I got a cold email from, and this made me so happy, a cold email from an operator who manages over 20,000 units. And they said, I, I can't believe how quickly you guys oh. built this great job to the team. And uh, I mean, that, that should be like a year. testimonial audio website. That made my year. And, and I said, you know, really appreciate that. And and I think that, you know, to your point earlier, what we try to bring 
from yeah. Apple to Ranlia's product. I think you mentioned that is like people love the product. And I think at the end of the day, if people love your product, there's step around. It. And uh, so that's what we try to install in, in Ranlia. So then that kind of ties in well into one of the big issues I've found in multifamily, which is yeah. that things move very, very, yeah, very slowly. Sure. So what are some things that you would fix in the industry if you could like wave a wand and it fixes instantly? That's a good question. It sort of depends on your perspective. Yes, it does move slower, but there's a reason for that. I do think a lot of this business is relationship, yeah. right? So I think that's part of it. I think a lot of it is product driven too. So I think. I think it moves slow purposefully because they, I think real estate, general, large operators, I mean, you have to imagine too, they have residents to make happy. They have investors to make happy. Yeah. There's a lot on the line. So I think that's what makes them a little bit more averse to tech in the short term. Um, and it comes back to the five-year like thing I heard five years ago, right? They want to ensure that you will be around. I think that's part of it. I think one thing. Like that if you've made it this far. Okay, made, no, he's not. Far. Yeah. And you're, okay, let me take a look at you. <laughs> I think if I were to wave a wand, I would love to see more operators take a little bit more risk. And what I mean by that is establish what pilots look like. You know, have that tech forward thinking property. Um, I think a lot of the times, and this is on, on vendors too, is you get operators that have analysis paralysis. Yeah. They're like, oh, where could I put this if I want to test it? And I think that's partly on the vendors too. A lot of vendors say, hey, you have to go all in on this technology, otherwise it's not worth it. I think on the vendor side, it could be a lot more baby stepping clients yeah. into the product. Um, and I think on the operator side too, if you are, if you're going to be at the conference talking about how tech forward you are, you know, put your money where your mouth is and, and, and know where that, that tech enabled properties are going to be, right? Like what are your properties that are more open to agility and also hold your vendor accountable, right? Like, Hey, you know, you told me you have this, you don't, <laughs> you know, make sure you have it. So, so, um, so those are some of the things that I would sort of fix, but again, I get it. You know, they want to make sure you're around and and so then from that. like a practical perspective, like how can an operator go about being more tech, uh, taking on more like risks and yeah. doing those pilots in a way that actually works to show, hey, it doesn't yeah. work or it did not work. I think going into it with an understanding of what outputs you want to see is really huge. Um, and that's on the vendor and, and the operator, right? Like if they deploy product X, if they deploy Redly, right? They should understand how many self-guided tours they expect to see based on their traffic, right? I think that's a fair ask. And I think having those conversations, even pre-pilot, are really important. Like qualifying questions, like what are your expectations of this product? You know, it's also too, if, if, the, if the expectations are totally misaligned because they don't understand the product, then you also want to force correct that too before yeah. they go into deployment. So I think those are things that really help those conversation and, and really set expectation. It's all about, um, positioning, right? Like, Hey, these are the expectations of a property. Look, you have no vacant units right now. You know, a self-guided platforms, I'm not even going to help you if you're to totally new stuff. Right. Um, 
unless you have a model unit and you're trying to do free, free, free bookings. Uh, but setting those expectations are, yeah. So then going back to Rendly for how you all have approached that. So yeah. how have you worked with operators to yeah. say, Hey, let's test out the Rendly platform at this property. And here are the metrics that we are going to look at. Yeah. Like how have you, how have we all approached that? Well, luckily, well, again, because self-catering has become so abundant like about now, that has really helped facilitate a lot of the conversations. I mean, a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I just got back from the opening talk and I heard three up, all three people talking about it on stage, yeah. which again, two years ago, you would not have anyone talking about it. Um, so I think that's definitely helped. And I think kind of to the point earlier is when you do kick off in a community, like just understanding the pain points they're trying to solve, right? Are you trying to get more leads? Are you trying to reduce uh, the effort of your leasing team? You know, what sort of software stack are you using now? That's so huge. That's everything I say. So, oh my God, there's development for layers to integration oh now. It's like people have chatbots, PMS systems, ILS systems. The integrations just go very deep. Sometimes kickoff takes longer just because the integrations are, can be so quite complex. And I think we have over a hundred integrations. Wow. Now. Like it's really, it's really crazy. I mean, it, how much we've built in, in, in multifamily. But, that's awesome. Um, and that's really like the way to go. And, was, and that's what we tell our clients is if you are going to choose any type of platform, make yeah. sure that those integrations are either there already yeah. or they are open to those integrations. Because yeah. the worst thing you want to get is a yeah. closed system where you can't integrate anything else. Right, right. And that's one of the biggest things for us too is making sure that, and, that, and that's another thing too, making sure that it's an open stack, right? Like, oh, well, you know, Sometimes you have to have that tough conversation where we'd love to integrate, but you know, vendor X doesn't allow us, you know? So we, yeah, and that's really huge is at the end of the day, they want to, an operator who deploys anything wants it as seamless as possible. Yep. So it only makes sense that they want to integrate it as much as possible, which again, ties back to agility, right? Yep. Making sure you prioritize the right things with engineering, with product. Uh, and the reality is too, having a large operator back at integration never hurts. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it, it will always be a champion and identifying that champion and making sure that the expectations are clear. I think a champion client is here. Yeah. So Nev, um, a couple of questions on the multifamily side versus the single family side. Yeah. So you guys were primarily on the single family before kind of moving Correct. into multifamily. Yeah. So where, uh, which side have you found to have like the biggest, this is like the biggest value prop for them. Was it, it, has it been the single family or the multifamily because of COVID it's been like, oh my God, this was the life save pause. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So it's funny because I never, I ignorantly thought of them as like, oh, they're very similar industries, but they're, they're very, very different. different. They're very, very different. And, and what I found too interestingly is that how? sometimes Multifamily is ahead of single family in some instances for right. some things. Yeah, never some technology. Single yeah. family is like way ahead of multifamily. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, I'll give you an example. Like Flamingo, like like resident experience apps are huge in multifamily. Yeah, you don't see them a lot in single family, Not at right? All. And so, yeah, it, it, it's it's always been an interesting dynamic: single family, multifamily. Um, and to answer your question, mm -hmm. the values are are a little different. I think a lot of the value from self-turing and smart home technology and single family is drive time. You think about single family and a leasing agent, 
any transparency here? If you're a leasing agent on the ground showing these properties, I mean, the value of something self-touring is, is huge, right? It's, it's very clear, you know, hey, in Atlanta, and you're in Chicago, right? Uh, Frost, Midtown Chicago at the peak of traffic. Like traffic is yeah. Now imagine you got a showing in 15 minutes yeah. across the city, right? So, uh, there's huge value, um, in the self-touring on the single family side. The multi-family, and again, I think it was because there was, we weren't, um, that idea didn't really get positioned until, you know, again, by us, like a few years ago, that value proposition wasn't clear because you have, there's no driving. Your staff is on site. But then when you start thinking about, you know, you have three leasing agents for, let's say, a 300 unit community doing a lot. Then the value started becoming clearer and clearer. Um, and then, of course, with COVID, it just, you know, shot through. So, um, so uh, they're, they're very different. Um, what's interesting too, is they're starting to blend a little bit. Like there's sort of this, there's a built to rent kind of people call it a vertical. Now I actually call it a business model. Yeah. A lot of debate around that because you have single family operators that, that have been doing it for a while. You have multi-family operators that are, that are doing it. Um, that's a really interesting gray area. So you know, the question is, will those industries emerge in the next 10 years? I would think so, well, I, but there's a big, or you'll see more of it. I, I, definitely you'll see more of it, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how the tech has to adopt to that change because you'll get single family tech stack is different from all very, very different. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out, but the lines are blurring. That's for sure. Which is exciting and also a challenge. And then getting back to the core value for, for Rently. Yeah. Have you guys, I assume you have, uh, looked yeah. at the data between conversions for no. self-tour of self-guided tours versus what's on that by leasing agent? Like yeah. what has been uh, that conversion? Yeah. So we've seen communities that have actually, it, it varies. It can go between, like we've had, um, we actually have a lot of testimonial clients that talk about our lot more. Um, We've had clients, again, anywhere from 30% conversion with self-guided tours to all the way. I've actually seen clients that have got over 100% conversion because the model unit would attract residents to start touring other other units in the vicinity that were not actual self-guided tour lines. So we've seen across the board and and sort of, and and one of the things we tell people too is it's, so the, 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 the answer is it depends. There is no, you know, I can't say, oh, I would love to say it. Oh, revenue, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, you're just, everything's going to lease because a lot of it depends on too how you're utilizing it, right? It's a tool. It's like a computer. Yeah. You buy a computer and it can sit on the desk and not do anything. It's yeah. not going to help you. But if you guys that computer and you utilize it, then you'll see a lot more output. So like an example is um, we've had operators that done massive deployment. So like, yeah, our, our conversion is up are, um, because we do that syndication true. Like we actually did a PR with first committee, uh, first communities, top of the operator. And you know, they, they're a great client. We found out that 29% of their traffic was just coming from our free syndication that we offer oh, with wow. our self-guided touring. So they were like, they were, they were yeah, they were amazing. And they were like, this is great. So that's a huge value driver for us too. Um, we're doing a lot more integrations too with ILS platforms, like apartments.com, rent path. So pretty exciting stuff. Um, and I think all that is because these people start 
doing their data dives and finding out that their positive yeah. release is actually declining by, by yeah. implementing self-guided tours or tour traffic's up. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot of exciting things. A really exciting thing too is, so we have smart home and not smart home self-touring. We have two. Yeah, like a lock system. Lock and a lock fox, right? right? And it's interesting because we found that a resident, a prospective resident going through a self-tour with a smart lock or a smart home product actually would rate it 5% higher on the feedback form really? than a non-smart community. They're like, oh, this is cool. So we're like, oh, yeah. why is that? That's really interesting. Yeah. And we think and we believe it's because it's just one less thing. And it kind of has a wow factor when you self-tour a property and it has like a smart lock on it. You're like, hey, what's going on? And then yeah. you walk in and there's a smart thermostat. It, it, it resonates with those prospects. And obviously it gives you a unique differentiator yeah. for an operator. And someone's doing five tours and they see one with us you know, uh, and and experience. It It has a cool factor. And let's be honest, like everyone wants to be cool. You know, deep, dark inside, no matter how big of a geek I am. Everyone is still like that middle school (laughs) chip. I want to be fun. Everybody is still that seventh grader. (laughs) who wants to have the coolest bike, wants to have the coolest thing, wants to have the coolest widget. So, so, you know, we, 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 we facilitate that geekiness of like, Hey, just bring this ultimate experience to your, to your prospect. So then for the reason why I asked my earlier question is because I imagine for some leasing agents, no. there might be some fear of, hey, is this going to replace my job? Am I now yeah. obsolete? Yeah. I, we Do you want to cross that? We always hear that. Always. And by the way, that's like, that's sort of a natural kind of reaction. And what I, like, first of all, you still need someone to close the deal. And I always say that. People are probably sick of hearing that for yeah. me. But it's true. I mean, it's not like, any system is just, it's, it's not going to end, end to everything for you. Nothing will. You'll always have to have that human capital deployed. The question is, don't you want something that will help you deploy that human capital more effectively? Especially now, it's so hard to hire, yeah. right? If you have a great leasing team, why are you burdening them, burdening them with like these tasks that aren't a good return on investment? So you're going to have a leasing agent spend 20, like some of these so communities walking are, someone from here to here. Yeah. Well, these, some of these communities that are gargantuan, like look at the hotel we're in. Yep. Have you walked this hotel? It took me 20 minutes to find the elevator. Yeah. Okay. Now imagine you're a leasing agent. You have 10 showings that day. You're booked solid. You've your days, like killed your day. That's killed your day. So, so why not have that human capital doing more effective output for your team? And the analogy I use is like, would you give an engineer a computer and then think, does the engineer think that the computer is going to replace them? No, no it's just a tool. Hours. It's yeah. a tool. It definitely tell it. And we used to use this line all the time and it's super cheesy, but it turns your agents into super agents. No, that's exactly what we're about. That's what we're trying to do is stop doing the manual stuff and let us do it. Let us take on the heavy load. And those leasing agents on the ground that are talented and have been through a whole pandemic and are Higher like all of us yeah. can kind of focus on the stuff like providing your residents that human touch, that concierge service yeah. that they now expect. And I love that element of how this really ties into a much better employee experience. Yeah. yeah. Right now, that's what a lot of leasing agents are realizing that yeah. it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's sort of why we try to make the product as easily to adopt as possible. And that's why we have a range of options. Yeah. Like the reality is, not every community is going to go smart. I mean, you're not just going to deploy all this capital to just say, okay, Andre did a podcast and said, I need to go smart. I mean, I'd love that. You yeah, can do right. that. You should all do that. Do. Absolutely yeah, do, do it. That. But, but the reality is a lot of operators just want flexibility. So 
that's why we give them a lot of options. And we really try to make the onboarding very seamless too, because, you know, tech is scary, change yeah. is scary, and you got to make it less scary. Yeah. Um, and so we, we always pride ourselves on that. Nice. So last question, what are your top three, one, two predict, uh, predictions for multifamily over the next five years? Top three predictions. Yeah. Oh, one. <laughs> That's oh, how everyone wow. is. Well, I'll give you three. Uh, I'll give you, well, okay. Let me, well, for sure. I think there was sort of this thinking that self-fed insuring would go away after COVID. Definitely not. I mean, we're seeing a lot more adoption of it. We're seeing a lot of people that really look at the data, um, you know, and they're seeing that residents do prospects want that choice. And I think as employees get harder and harder to get, it's also going to be another value driver. Um, that's again, touchless was driving in during COVID. I would imagine that because it's hard to buyer. I think it's going to be more important for some of that piece to get automated, especially in the Turing piece, because it's just so touch heavy. So that would be one of my predictions is that self-editing is only going to grow in adoption. And of course I say that selfishly, but I really do mean that because again, two years ago, no one was talking about it. I just the keynote alone, I heard it three times. So it's not going away. My second prediction. Wow, I feel like kind of phenomenal here. Are we going to review so these? I hear it. See if let's go through. Wait, how right? Is it true? How right? We'll see. I want to see next year. I got to get. You're going to t-shirt. All right. You're going to t-shirt. All right. Okay, so if I'm right, so my next one would be you're probably going to see a lot more blending of single family and multifamily. Um, and and the build to rent is probably going to be that sort of vertical that drives it. Um, and then I I think. Third to that is you're going to see a lot more software partnerships between single family and multifamily, because again, it's only natural that people want to integrate the traditional single family platforms and a yeah. multifamily platform. So I think that's going to put a lot more uh, stress on product team and developers <laughs> for vendors. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's good for the client because those, those integrations really need to be seamless. And I just think you're going to see a lot more in that, more partnerships. Yeah. More. More, uh, more of that in the industry, yeah. it has I, to. I think you're already right on the last one. Had a call last week with a single no. uh, family operator and yeah. he was like, yeah, I want to get this because traditionally single family has been about two, three, four or so years behind multifamily. Right. And he's like, there's no reason behind that. They're, they're behind on some things, but then they're ahead on others. It's, yeah. it's really interesting because single, again, single family was adopting yep. self-touring 10 years ago. Yep. And now, and now it's all about it, pain points. It's all about like you pain said, like driving from here to here to here. And timing. And, uh, and it's just really fun to see. And, and I, I you know, to, you know, it, Matt, might be you're a great interviewer. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 mean, <laughs> I mean, these are like, this is probably the most. I went into the raw career. This I didn't feel like, like at all. Like, uh, I didn't prep. It felt very natural. It was a great interview. But I think, um, I think it, it's really been a, a great honor to be a part of something. I mean, when I look back on this industry and how I fell into it, it was a total accident. Yeah. I mean, I interviewed oh, for everyone. I, it's like everyone. I, I totally fell into it by accident. And, and, uh, and for anyone out there who's thinking about coming into this industry, it's a great industry to work in. Put in the work. Um, 
and and you can go anywhere and there's so much growth and it's really exciting to oh, be a part of this. And I'm honored to be here oh, and be talking with you and be part of the, oh, this awesome. industry. No, yeah. thank you so much. Appreciate you being on. Oh, yeah. I'll do a fist ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 All right, perfect. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Rebel. Yeah. Okay. Apartment Rebel. Yeah. Thank you.